Dark Art Society podcast covers a variety of important and contemporary issues, including dark art as well as other kinds of art, literature, film, music, also culture, philosophy, dreams, paranormal experiences, magic, and a whole lot more than that. I'm Mike Carell, director of Chet's Art, I Like to Paint Monsters, and you are listening to the Dark Art Society podcast, hosted by renowned artist Chet Czar. What's up, Mike? Hey, Chet. I was like, hey, uh, Chet. <laughs> hey, hey, Mike. What's up? Well, we've been talking now for about an hour and 20 minutes. It's <laughs> always a problem. <laughs> But we are we are doing a quote catching up episode, and we did do need to do a we little bit of legit a, catching up first. We had to do a pre catch up, then the pre roll. We had to do a pre catch up to actually catch up, and then we had to do the pre roll, which we recorded, and now we're doing the podcast about catching up. So it's like a three layered catch up. And then where's the mustard? <laughs> <laughs> He splits the audio so they'll be able to hear that in two ears. <laughs> Go, Brian. You're outside tonight, I see. I am, so I've got the crickets in the background, and there's a little bit of wind blowing, and I just watched a bat fly by and catch a moth. I'm so happy it's October, man. It's like, it's even though it's you, you know hot as hell here, and California doesn't really get seasons like everyone else does, it's so, it's still right around... Um, Yesterday, today, I st- it started feeling like fall a little bit. Like you oh, just yeah. kind of feel it in the air, and it's just my favorite time of the year. And so it was like, ah, oh, one nice, one good thing happened. Yeah, it <laughs> definitely feels like definitely feels like fall here, especially with all the colors on the trees changing. Mm-hmm. And then we have all these uh, volunteer sunflowers all in front of the house here, and they're all dried out. And so when the wind blows through them, like all the, the stalks and leaves like rattle against each other. And oh, it has cool. like a real dried bone sound, like mm-hmm. dried bones clanking against each other. It's very fall. It's, it's very, I, I like it too. Yeah. Fall's time for sure. Oh God, this dog. All right, you're staying in this time. I'm not letting you out. We're going to have a dog. A dog, maybe. Um, you, always, you always say you're going to keep him in, but then you end up him out. Okay. So, yeah, fall is here. That's nice. You know, everything's insane. And here we are. You've got your full t-shirt on. Yes. I've been wearing for three days. <laughs> I can relate because I keep putting these same pants shorts on. Like they used to be like slacks, like business slacks for casino work. And I just like for a period of time, I, I didn't have any clean clothes. So I would just pull a new, a pair of slacks that used to be a pair of slacks out of the closet in the morning and cut off the bottoms of them, make them into shorts. And eventually I ran out. So now I have just this pair that I've been putting on every day for three days. <laughs> art life. Yep. Hashtag art life. Yeah, yeah, so uh, I guess, you know, since we usually catch up at the beginning of the show, we should just launch right in because this is a catch-up episode and kind of let, let everyone know what's going on with us. And, uh, and there's a lot lot going on for both of us. There's a lot going on. <clears throat> it's a, a weird time, I feel. for I'm pretty sure you feel that way too, but I don't yeah. want to put words in your mouth, but... <clears throat> I'm in a... uh, Changes are abound. Yeah. The winds of change are here. Yeah. Yeah. For you especially. For me, it's more like it's all about the show and getting the show done and uh, getting to that point that I do every... That I get to every year, which is like, why am I doing this? This is ridiculous. (laughs) Um, 
I'm, you know, killing, practically killing myself, worried that my heart's going to give out on me pulling all nighters uh, for maybe selling a show, selling artwork in a show. It's just yeah. seems when you get to that point where you're s- suffering so much, I, I just, you, you're so exhausted and beaten down and just like, <clears throat> you know, last night I was such a bad state of mind after pulling this all nighter and having to finish this frame sculpture that I'm just like, you know, you should you shouldn't have to push this hard for something. I am, you know, I get to the point where I'm just like, you know, feel like just giving up and saying fuck all this. And no. Not that not that I'm going to, but uh, because uh, what my alternative is going back to effects, and that's not going to happen because that's a different kind of pain. But um, I, I usually get to that point where I'm just like, this is does you know, it shouldn't well, be this hard. Basically, I think it's more it's more a matter of like changing the way in which you do things. Cause it's not necessarily that you're not going to keep doing what you're doing. <clears throat> it's just that, you know, you, the path of least resistance is finding the most adaptable and efficient ways to do what you're doing, right. you know, and often we only find that through the process of doing. And so we get to, you know, bottom and we're like, okay, well I still want to do what I'm doing, but I got to do it a different way. <laughs> yeah, know? yeah. And that, I don't think you're in, <clears throat> excuse me, that much of a different position than I am in that regard, you know, because you are taking into account those things and thinking, okay, next year, what do I need right. to do in order to do this differently, but still be able to do what I'm doing? Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. I, I just, I get, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> it's just, you know, it's just what well, it, it, things are, I, I don't know, maybe every, if everyone else is feeling it, I feel like, and it, it could just be because I'm going through um, this kind of turmoil, birthing this show and, and wearing myself out. But I really feel, uh, I mentioned this on the pre-roll, I really feel like things are weird and kind of fucked up energetically in the world right now. And yeah. like I said, it might be my projection onto everything. Other people might be having a great time, but it just seems like the, you know the discourse on Facebook is as bad as it's ever been. And, you know, we're all arguing on there about stupid stuff that we don't really know about. And Facebook is cashing in on that, making money off of us. And, and, um, you know, it's another reason I really like Patreon because it's like uh, tailored to people just about what you want, you know, what you want to consuming what you want. Yeah. And, and them getting what they want without any bullshit, uh, opinions about things politics and this and that you know and and it just feels very you know i don't know things to me things feel as dark as they ever have at least in this country you know i've certainly observed a lot of of apocalyptic things on multiple levels be it the people around me and their personal lives and their business lives up, like you said, through social media and the things that we see on the news, all the way up to our politics and the mm-hmm. governmental bodies and the things going on in the world, all the way up to global things like what's happening with hurricanes and what's happening right. with all the catastrophes. And so, again, it seems like it is, to me, less a projection and more a reflection of this multi strated catastrophe that it seems like is dominating the energy field right now for whatever reason, you know, but I, I wouldn't go so far as to say that, you know, it's the worst time. I, cause I, I, I don't know that there is such a thing, you yeah, know? but yeah. it certainly is, is, is dark and, and negative and rough, at least for most of the people I know. And most of the things I've seen in the greater world around me. Yeah. Yeah. 
say like art but sales me personally <laughs> like yeah said, right. so maybe i'm projecting fuck i don't know arts i mean art sales have been slow i've talked to other people it's just a weird it just is a weird time a weird it feels like uh to me sort of a suspended state like things nothing's really going on you know it's like you're, we're waiting I, f- I don't know i feel like i'm waiting for something to break and it's just like to to get things moving again um, I can definitely relate to that and especially on a personal level right. too you know that feeling of like breakdown you know and what that means and how you get to that and then what you do in the face of that right you know? well uh, let me say this one since this is going to be like a pretty negative <laughs> podcast i want to say one <laughs> positive thing well, it's not all negative. I have yeah. some good things to say about the situation, anyway. No, it's it's all it's all good ultimately. But um, uh, I last night, you know, I watched documentaries when I work, and uh, <clears throat> I saw a couple of really good documentaries last night. Um, th- actually, three. The first one was relig- not the first one. The last one I watched, the first one I'll mention is religious because it's old. That Bill Maher one, and I posted about it. You've seen that, right? Yeah, it's great. It's so good. I mean, I forgot how it's so, so, so good. Um, and so funny too. And uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. It really hits on multiple levels. Uh, yeah, it's 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 kind of one of those classics. Um, and like I posted on Facebook, I'm not even like an atheist like Bill Maher is, but all his points are so so good. It's and it's really not about um spirituality. It's about religion. You know, it's, yep. it's really yep. a combination of, of the absurdity of it, you know, that yeah. people just do not have, don't have these critical thinking skills or something. It's just so absurd. It's so ridiculous. And it's, it's insane. But, but the really kind of, uh, the other two that I, I watched that I enjoyed was this, there was this documentary just came, came out about uh, Joan Jett, which is really good. Um and and the, her whole yeah and you lo- and you love your your rock and roll documentaries your rock I do music yeah say, music documentaries are some of my favorite ones uh, I really you know I was thinking about the documentaries I love are the um, I like I love documentaries about cults I love documentaries about um, you know musicians and the struggle and and artists and the struggle of that and I do love the ones that just like fall apart at the end because <laughs> it's it's just interesting <laughs> to me. But my favorite ones are the ones that where they go through hell and then they kind of come out on top at the end. And that's that was that Joan Jett one. Joseph Joseph Campbell Heroes Quest. Yeah, it's really it, I get a lot of a lot from those documentaries because I feel like I'm I always relate I'm relating it to my own struggle that I'm going through sure. as an artist and um be, trying to become successful and uh so it was kind of cool because she went through all this, you know, set, rampant sexism in the music industry in the 70s. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of cool mm-hmm. to see how things have turned around. She's gotten her respect and stuff. But the big, amazing one that you have to see somehow um, is the Mr. Rogers one. Oh, really? I, I, yeah, I think it won the Oscar for documentary. Wow. I think. I, I think I read that. But it's so good. It was like I, I kept putting off watching it because it became, came for rent. Um, for it's been for rent for a few weeks now, and you know, I I think Mister I always thought Mister Rogers was cool. I watched Mister Rogers when I was a little. Hell yeah, kid. dude! I grew up on that. Yeah, yeah. and but still, it was like it just didn't seem like it's. It, I don't know. It didn't. It's like how I was thinking. How good can this be, really? Even though yeah. I've been hearing great reviews, but it was so inspiring and so good, and it's like I was crying through the whole thing. It was that amazing. It was really probably one of the best documentaries. That, 
I've ever seen. Like one of the most inspiring documentaries. It was really like just deep, really deep and and, and amazing. Nice. So you have to see it. You have to see it. I want to see if you if you cry all the way through. <laughs> <laughs> It, it's it's funny too because I remember I was reading a, a review about how this whoever was reviewing say that it said it totally brought him to tears a few times. It was really well, great. It really sounds great. like sounds like a powerful piece. I I mean I love the those kinds of documentaries. I love the ones that my favorite are the ones that are the unexpected ones where you know you're not sure what to expect or it seems unlikely that it could really wow you, and then you're just moved by it. And right. I think that that's the, you know that's the magic of filmmaking. That's part of why. I really enjoyed getting to work with you to make the documentary about you is because we went through that process mm-hmm. of feeling that in, in making the movie, you know, like, wow, there's some magic here. Like something's happening. Yeah. You yeah, know? Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's just a really special thing to be a part of no matter how you get to be a part of it. And that's what it's all about are those moments where you're like, ah, something's happening and it's like magical. That's what totally. it's all about. It's not about really the finished piece to me. It's about those moments where you kind of realize we're onto something. This is taking on a life of its own, and there's magic happening here. Yep. Wait, hold on one second. Hey, check it out. Lisa's on. Sweet. Lisa got to come on the podcast, guys. This is like an extra special moment. Okay, shh, pretend it didn't happen. Okay, keep talking. <laughs> I've got an emergency here. Hold on. Emergency. Hold on, guys. Okay, well... <clears throat> I can tell you guys a little bit about what's going on. I already told Chad a little bit about what's going on for me, but uh, a couple things, and I'm going to surprise him with something that I haven't told him yet. That was actually a surprise to me, but uh, Joy and I, uh, and our company, Energy Creations Incorporated, are in a position here where our situation is untenable. We basically set a deadline for ourselves that by the time fall rolled around that we needed to be making this work here uh, independently on the ground in order to continue to do it. And ultimately, we have reached that deadline, and we are we are not making it in the manner that we need to be making it. And so, we're going to be jumping off here and selling our property in our home, and that's a big decision, and uh, and it's a big step, and it's a big change because our intent here is to go mobile. Oh, I hear check coming back. Okay, sorry about that. (laughs) That's right. I I got to get this this frame sculpture and this plaque, which is what I was working on all last night over to Lee t- tonight. Yeah, talk about villains. Yeah, well, for, I'm finishing up for the villain show. I had to stop working on the paintings, which are pretty much done, uh, almost done. I had to stop so that I could sculpt the new frame and a new plaque, which I did for the fear. And that has to get to Lee today, Lee Shamel, who's molding and casting them for me um, this week, just so we can keep on schedule. So I had to finish it today, which is why I pulled it all nighter last night. And um, I was going to have Fritz, my son, drive them out to Lee in Riverside today, but it was so hot. And that monster clay is really, it has a really low melting point. So um, it was too hot to even take him out there. So he had to wait yeah. till now. Anyway, he put the frame in the car and Lisa comes in. And she's like, was he supposed to take the plaque? Wasn't he supposed to take the plaque? Because it's sitting there. And I was like, oh, no. Oh, running and chasing him. And he's like, just walking back up to the house. <coughs> he's like, yeah, I was just loading it in. So it's all good. So sorry about that. That's but, okay. I started, to give the, I started to give them some insight into uh, some, re- my, some of my recent life changes while I was waiting for you. The yeah. stuff you already know. Stuff you already okay. know. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So that I wasn't just regurgitating the same story for yeah, you. Yeah, you can, you know, basically what's going on with me is uh, this. Uh, I'm pushing really hard getting this work for the villain show done and it's really um 
you know, I'm just hanging by a thread once again. And it just is, it's very discouraging. Um, after our, all this time to just keep grinding like this, but I, but I, I go through this every show and, um, <laughs> it's just kind of part of the process. So, uh, I'll get through it and the show is going to be really good, but talk about what's going on with you. Cause your, your <clears throat> life changes seem even a lot crazier than mine right now. <laughs> well, I mean, my life changes are resulting from a, a similar type thing though, ultimately that we're in an untenable situation. You know, mm. we can't continue to do what we're doing from here. And basically what I had told everybody was that, you know, we're selling the home and the property so that we can go mobile. And that was about as far as I made it. But, okay. you know, the, the thing about all of that that's interesting when you really reflect on it is that, you know, we've been working really hard to make this happen. I mean, you know how hard I work mm-hmm. all the time, like crazy, like mm-hmm. a madman. And I'm working to keep this thing to work, to keep this thing to work, to keep this thing. But how often do I really get to enjoy it? Because I'm just, I have a boot heel on my neck all the time. And furthermore, as time progressed between when we decided, okay, let's give this thing a, a full shot and, and you know, tr- try it out for a solid two years and see how that goes, mm-hmm. to now, it's not like I've made any headway. It's just I've gotten farther and farther and farther behind. So it's like right. you've got the boot heel, heel and they're digging the hole, you know? <laughs> and right. So your head's on the ground, but you're going in the hole eventually. So it's just been, you know, we, we got to the point where it was like, all right, this is the year. If we can connect all the dots and make it feasible, we'll do it and we'll stay. But if, if we can't, then we have to get out before we lose it. And we got to be able to make the best out of it and find a way to continue doing what we're doing. And the thing that's interesting again about it is, is that, you know, we, I I mentioned to you earlier about the path of least resistance. And obviously that's, that can be kind of a cliche phrase, but Ultimately, what my bliss really is to get to the Joseph Campbell follow your bliss thing, you know, is that I love traveling. I love driving. I love it. You know how much I love it. And and so does joy. And the thing is, is that if we're mobile, you're we're actually on the road. I do all my work from the middle of nowhere anyway on the Internet. And so it's not like that is a taxing thing for me. It's what I already do and I can do it from anywhere. So it's like I could be from the road living and working and actually having some time to enjoy it because I'm not just grinding, grinding, grinding to basically pay banks, you know, Mm -hmm. and be in a position then where not only are we mobile and we're able to move around and stay where we want to stay and have our home bases, continue to do tours, continue to, you know, bring people to the areas that we know, also continue to be able to work for clients online, run crowdfunding stuff, do social media admin, and make wards because the thing is everywhere you go, you collect stuff, you make stuff from mm-hmm. the place you go. And right now we're in a position where we have this online store, which is great, but we have no on the ground sales and that you're a traveling salesman. Basically, if you're mm-hmm. living wherever you go and you have everything with you, so I can easily at least carve a niche out wherever I'm at to sell a couple Mysterian decks to buy some food or sell some, I like to paint monsters or sell some wards or whatever, you know? Right. So there are, you know, fringe benefits to it, but also it's a huge life change. I mean, we have three dogs and so it's like three dogs and two humans doing that as a whole thing and downsizing to do that and finding someone to buy your house and your property. And yeah, it's all major. That. It's, major. it's a huge, huge, huge thing. Yeah. And that's is, you know, just the decision that we've, we've had to make, but the other kind of, again, fringe benefit, at least insofar as like the dark art society is concerned is if I'm mobile, then I can be around. I can then set up chapters. I can help. I can go out to cities where that kind of stuff is happening and actually get this chapter stuff happening on the ground. 
I can do on the ground interviews with people. I can go to galleries where there are shows happening and be able to facilitate more and also be able to advocate more because if I'm, you know, mobile, I can land gigs where I can go and do, you know, conferences and do seminars and speak mm. and lecture and stuff about the dark art or about crowdfunding or about social media or whatever. But, you know, again, it allows me that flexibility to come and work with you for three months and go and visit, you know, somebody else in another city. And, and so there's benefits also to the overall movement, I think, from the fact that that's something that I really enjoy doing mm-hmm. and my family really enjoys doing. So <clears throat> to be able to be in a position where I could actually afford to live, first of all, which is, you know, the most important thing. But then to be able to enjoy my life and do my artwork, that sounds pretty cherry. Like, I don't need a whole lot more than that. I'm, I'm pretty uh, monastic, really, when it comes mm-hmm. right down to it. Well, so, you, you also are, you know, you ha- you're in it. Like, I could never do that because I've got, you know, r- roots. Kids and kids. Kids and grandkids. Yeah. And, um, you know, plus I'm just too I'm too old to do that. I wouldn't want to do that. And I don't like traveling really, but you really like traveling. And, um, but you're in that unique position to where you really don't have any roots. You don't have anything keeping you where you're at, which is, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty unusual, pretty rare. So it is, it is, it it does afford you that opportunity to, to try and do that. Um, you should watch, uh, have you seen lost in America? (laughs) It just occurred to me. I, no, I don't think. Oh I my know. god, you have to watch that. <laughs> Albert Brooks. No, uh, you know no, Al, Albert no. Brooks. I was get, yeah. getting you on that. You're always getting me on yeah. Albert Brooks. You got to watch yeah. Lost in America. It's because it's about these this couple that gives it all up, sells all their shit, and buys a motorhome to go travel <laughs> to go travel around uh, the country. And it's really funny. It's really great. Well, this is like this is like so that I can afford to exist and have like a home and still be able to do my work at the same time. Yeah, <laughs> like, right. You know, I wish it was just some traveling gig, but it's like, <laughs> you know, what I'm doing here is not working. And so something else has to work and that's one way it could work. And that's something I'm really, you know, think it also, I would really enjoy. I enjoy that kind of stuff. I mean, yeah. we've spent weeks on the road together before and it's like our favorite thing in the world, you mm-hmm. know? So, so that, you know, that that's, it's, uh, you there's you, you have not have you considered working a regular job again or is it just that you've gone no, too far i'm not yeah there's no, no way, way too far. yeah no you'd rather no. do just about anything other than work again <laughs> yeah i won't do a regular job again no like what i'm building is not going to stop because i might move residents or become mobile like what i'm doing energy creations incorporated is what i'm doing you know right. when i for me you know how i am i'm all in like when i make a decision so it's like i spent 15 years building up to like launching off and doing this, you know? Right. And so I'm not going to just not do it anymore. It's like, it just means I have to shift my game plan. Right. But it's like all the signs have been in my face for a very long time. You know, the, what do you mean? the, the, the towers have been tumbling for a long time, you know, mm-hmm. that this is not obviously the way that's going to, it's going to work. And so it doesn't mean that it won't work. It just means it won't work this way. Right. And so right. that means I have to follow, you know, the path and listen to the universe and be open and available to that. And yeah, is it scary and is it difficult and is it frustrating and all of these other things? Of course it is, you know, right. but that doesn't mean that I'm not game for it. Yeah. You, you of all people are do. game for game for crazy changes. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. I mean, but you know, again, I, I've been feeling this nomadic vibe for a long time. I get these, I'm once I've been in a place for a while, I start getting that. Well, you've feeling. Been, yeah. You guys have moved around your whole life together. Yeah. You know, yeah. you've never really, what's the longest you've been in one spot here. 
This is actually the longest I've been in any spot in my whole life, actually. Wow. How long has it been? <laughs> Except for the house I grew up in, of course. The house I grew up in, I was at for what? 11 years. And we've been here for seven years. And this mm. is the longest I've ever been in any place as an adult ever my whole life. Wow. And that's the thing that's sad is like, it's not like I, you know, that's the, kind of the hardest part about this is grieving the idea of leaving this place because I do love this place. I right. do. I, I deeply love this place. I love this land. I love this house. Mm -hmm. I love this property. But you know, it's like the fight club thing. You know, the things that, that you own end up owning you and it's the truth. And all you have to do is experience it to know that, you know, because I am owned by this. I'm owned by the banks that own this. And all I do is grind it out to be a filter for the money to flow through to the bank. And I got nothing extra, you know, I'm barely, barely hanging on, you know how bad it is. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, that, that, I love this place, but just because I'm not living here doesn't mean I can't have New Mexico as a home base. And it doesn't mean that I don't know a million amazing places and that I can't find a million more, you know, right. by traveling around and doing that. I love doing that. And I can still bring people here and, and have them have this amazing experience without having to have a house here. And right. so again, it's sad to like watch that dream not be the dream anymore because you know, you've, you've hiked these lands, you've created trails, you have sacred circles, you have altar spots, you know, all of this stuff, all these quote roots, you know, but it's like, what does that mean in the face of not being able to, to enjoy your life because you're not even present for it because you're just grinding all the time and, right. and you're grinding as hard as you can. And yet you're not getting ahead. You're falling behind. So it's like, something's got to give, there's always a breaking point, right? you know? And so it, again, what, what do you do? Well, I, yeah, I could just, jump to another thing and do the same thing. But I got places I can be on the ground. You know, I got places where I can camp out for three months at a time and, and not be hassled and be able to then travel for other seasons when it's more, you know, the season is more fitting for that or when there are shows or whatever, there's just a lot of benefit to it. But mm. ultimately it's, you know, it's a big, huge change. And the other thing is, is, you know, if anybody's listening and wants to move to the land of enchantment in Northern New Mexico, <laughs> we're selling our house and our property right now. Um, and, you know, I have to give the sales pitch because it's like, this is my only voice I have in the world, you know? Right. So the people that are listening, even if you're not interested, you might know somebody that is. It's an amazing we, property. I'd buy it, it if is. I could. Well, that's the crazy thing. It's kind of a steal because we had this place appraised two years ago and we're still asking the same amount. And between the year when we bought it and when we had it appraised, it gained in value $11,000 a year. So foreseeably it's worth $20,000 more, but we're listing it as it was two years ago. So it's really competitive in the market for an acre and a half with a very nice home. You know, It's got all the bells and whistles. Ultimately, I don't want to yeah, bore anybody with all the bells and whistles, it but is it is house. really nice. It's an hour from Santa Fe. It's an hour from Taos. It's an hour from Los Alamos. And most importantly, five minutes south of the Ojo Caliente Mineral Springs and Resort, which is like world-renowned, amazing mineral springs and resort. So it's a beautiful place in beautiful country, but it's actually pretty close to a lot of things like Meow Wolf, for instance. Right. Uh, so there, you know, there are reasons that this is an optimal place to be. Plus, we're at the end of a quarter-mile gated driveway. We're out here all by ourselves. There's a lot of privacy and security, and it's right off a highway, so you can come and go. So, so anyway, okay, okay well, interested, you know, help us out. So I don't have to get a realtor and pay them. <laughs> yeah, you might have to go with the realtor. But hey, I, I, hey, who knows? Who, who knows? knows who's listening? Someone might have somebody that they know that's interested in yeah, that kind of hey, thing. It would be, you know, a, a good, a good buy for sure. Amazing. Um, so okay, how does this? Now, the first thing I thought of, of course, selfishly, is how does this affect the Dark Art Society retreat? Because obviously, oh, we're shit. not going to be. I forgot to hit the mute button. Sorry. <laughs> That's my fault. We're obviously not going to be doing the 
dark art well, society retreat there. And I'm glad you brought that up because here's the thing. Never did I say is the annual dark art society. Never did we say, I suppose, because all of this is like, even when I'm talking, I'm parroting what you and I've discussed. So never did we say that the dark art annual dark art society retreat was going to happen every year here on my property. We simply said that it was the first annual dark art society retreat, which means that we do plan to have one every year. And clearly, we won't have it here next year. <laughs> so that's a, that means that was a very special signature experience. But one of the things I did bring back from that, and you and I met, talked a little bit about this earlier, is that not only going into the retreat did I receive feedback from people, but also while at the retreat from people that were here, that in order to make it more accessible to a, a broader group of the Dark Art Society members, we should probably hold it in a fashion where more people are amenable to their living arrangements, i.e. not camping. Right. Um, now, don't get me wrong, camping's fun, but not no, everybody's doing Not everybody camping. loves camping like you, know, you do. Some people <laughs> want to have a hotel and be able to come down to a conference room and meet with everybody. And I think that really that is the future of the Dark Arts Society, but only if we can continue to grow. Because ultimately, to do that, that means there has to be enough people willing to put the money together to achieve that. And, you know, we barely scrimped by to achieve the one this year together, but we did it. Mm -hmm. And so that means that we can flex our muscles together. So, you know, if the Dark Arts Society continues to grow and we get more members, then there's more likelihood that we can facilitate something that is a little bit more, with more amenities anyway, for right. future Dark Society retreats. Yeah, I mean, again, that, we, ha we plan on having them. Right. Um, yeah, you know, we 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 got to just roll with it. You know, if it doesn't happen again next year at the same time, it doesn't happen again next year at the same time. But it's a, it's a, it's something that we're trying to keep going. And you know, this is this is all new to everybody, so we're we're just kind of rolling with it. But um, there's definitely some benefits to not doing it in New Mexico um, in in a camping situation. You know, like uh, sure. one fantastic week that podcast, uh, Pete Morbacher and um, Sam. Uh, Sam Flegel, I believe his name is. Is that his name? I think it is. Um, they do, they do it like a. I don't know if you call it a retreat, but it's like I think it is kind of a, a retreat. But but they do like Seminar. a more yeah more traditional convention type thing where they rent they rent a space and then they have uh, uh, speakers and stuff. Yeah, and it's all included. It's kind of like the Paradise Artist Retreat or whatever, where you pay your fee and you get all your stuff and it all is included or whatever. Right. So, um, yeah, it's great. And I would love to be able to do that. I mean, to get into theirs, it's, I think it was like 1500 to get right. into theirs. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, so again, we, ours was 600 a person. So, you know, and then, and again, we barely pulled that off. So that's why I keep pushing on the growth of the dark art society because we have power in numbers, you know? Right. The more people that want to do a retreat, the cheaper price we can get at a conference place. And I'm more than willing to be that guy that figures that out and goes right. and talks to the people and facilitates the whole thing because that's what I'm good at. And if I'm mobile, shit. <laughs> you right. know? Yeah, so it's, you know, um, like I said, we got we to gotta roll with it and just see where, where things take us. And, uh, well, hey, I have I have some surprising news for you that I didn't get to oh, tell yeah, you that I okay. told everybody I was going to hold out on. So it was actually surprising news for me. So shortly after the Dark Art Society retreat, as I mentioned before, my hard drive crashed on my computer, which basically just handicapped me in a yeah. really difficult way, and it continues to, in fact. But nevertheless, not to hard. It's just like, what do I do? You know, I'm kind of feeling like, what do I do now? Right. And amazing 
man, Shane Isaacowski is building me a GoFundMe, which I think is just so oh, cool. Oh, cool. Um, I, you know, I'm, I was really adverse to it. You know, he had to kind of ask my permission because obviously he didn't want to do it like completely unbeknownst to me. Um, and I was resistant to it, but he did talk me into it. <laughs> um, because I do really need the support and the help right now. That's the truth. I mean, aside from everything else that's going on, you know, the hard drive thing is a contributor to my overall success of everything I do, including this podcast. Right. And uh, and, and I'm I basically got created a five thousand dollar hole when all that happened. And so, right. uh, yeah. So he approached me and said, "Hey, I want to build this for you, and I want to run this for you, that's and awesome, try to help man. help that's you great. out." Yeah. So I thought that was super cool, and. I, gave him the thumbs up on it so hopefully by the time that'll be up and running i'm not sure um because i'm not making it but nevertheless you know if you can help uh even just sharing it is super cool um but if you can throw down a couple bucks too that's awesome i'm not the guy that ever does that i'm always the guy that's like crowdfunding so you get something out of it but this is definitely like i'm really in need and anything you can kick me will make a huge difference in the ability for me to continue to do what i do whether i'm here or mobile (laughs) you know ultimately So I just need the help right now. And and he's putting the whole thing together. He knows what my needs are and he's being being realistic about the goal and stuff. So I'm just kind of trusting here. And a lot of this is weird for me. I don't typically talk about my personal life a lot. I don't typically show that on social media. I don't typically accept help from people. <laughs> so all of this stuff is like an un- uncomfortable suit to have to wear. Right. But obviously it's what the universe wants of me. And I can resist it all I want, but it doesn't change the reality, you know? Yeah. Well, that's, I, I, you know, that was the first thing I was thinking when you, when your crash happened is what you mentioned, you might have to do it. And I was like, you should definitely do it. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it's smart and why not? You need it. That's what it's for. You know, it's for things, emergencies, and this is an emergency kind of for you. So it definitely is, you know, and I'm sure we'll be able to help you get back up and running and situated but yeah i mean i you know uh, along with you know like we talked about at the beginning this feeling like so much bad shit is going on did we mention that in this podcast or was that yeah, just on the we pre-roll? Did. Okay. no we meant we, we said this episode might end up being kind of <laughs> negative because that was after we were talking about all the strata of how fucked up the world is <laughs> Uh, I, you know, being the, the, uh, ever optimist, I really do feel like it's, um, you know, everything happens for a reason. And, um, you know, there's certain times in your life where it's, where it's all about perseverance and that's it. You know, it's not about success. It's just persevering basically. And I think that's, um, a lot of what's going on in the world, at least definitely in the country. I agree. You know, it's just kind of like getting through this difficult time and maintaining your sanity and your civility and right. your, your sense and your of, ethics. Yeah. And your <laughs> sense of self, not allowing yourself to be dragged down by it because I see that a lot on social media that people are, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, f- afraid and fear just brings out the worst in people and it's so it's like a lot of social media um where it's a lot of it is is helpful and and uplifting in a way and a lot of funny memes and stuff like that that make you laugh there's still there's definitely a feeling of i'm feeling anyway of desperation and people acting differently than they used to because they're they're afraid and it's and i but i but my point being is that um this is kind of 
you know, uh, and again, here's a cliche for you, kind of the birth pangs, the birth pains or however you sure. say it, I'm half asleep. Um, uh, of, you know, really things changing, you know, mm-hmm. in a big way. So, uh, and, and at this point, everything it's, we're at such a weird point in, in the history of reality. We are indeed, because at this point it's all changing so fast that no one can really do anything about it, except just nope. kind of go along with it and see what happens. And, Dude, it's like you said back when we were first recording the documentary and you were like, it's like a crazy train that's going down the yeah. tracks. I know how much you hated that clip. <laughs> and it's going down the tracks and there's no one driving. There's no one in control of it. And it's just this out of control train with no no one driving. It's just flying down the tracks. Right. You know? And the truth. I think that's a great metaphor. The, the truth is that, you know, you, you don't really have control anyway. And it's, and if, and if, and it's sort of like, now it's becoming evident that we don't really have any control over anything. Actually, on multiple levels. Yeah. But so- I, you know, I want to say something about fear, though, real quick, because I think you bring up a really good point, which is that the outcome of, of fear we see in some cases are people acting aberrantly and acting out and being angry. But what I think is that, in fact, it's them not actually dealing with the things that are really causing them fear and anxiety that are causing them to act out aberrantly because that's the whole dark art thing is it's like if you actually deal with the thing, the real trauma, the real issue, the real thing that's under your skin, be it your relationship or your business or your childhood or your family or whatever, if you actually start looking at the real thing that's instigating this sense of fear, you know, even if it is social unrest, to actually look at it and say, well, that's really what's causing me this fear, right. then that denies the ego its ability to doll it up with this pretty outfit or and have it stomp yeah. around and make a bunch of noise. Yeah, mm-hmm. because most of that behavior behavior is people not dealing with what's really bothering them and not looking at it. And so then they're acting out in ways that allow them to feel flagrantly the feelings that they have about the thing that is right. really bothering them. Yeah, <laughs> but in yeah. somehow it's more acceptable to do it about something that's not really bothering you because then you're not really looking at the dirty laundry, you know, mm-hmm. but that's, that's what's being asked of us. That's, that's the thing. That's the game. You know, that's what right. it's all about. Well, yeah. And, and, um, it, it seems to me as well, one thing that's happening in the world, and, and especially because of social media, is that, you know, in a lot of cases, people's true, true selves are coming out. You know, sure. when, when, like, you know, when you're, when you're in a difficult situation and, and stressed out and things are uncertain and there's nothing to hold on to, I think... You know, it's uh, like, uh, I don't know what the quote is, but it's something along the lines of, um, you know, adversity will bring out who you really are. Yeah, best you know? and the worst in people. What's that? Yeah, right, right, exactly. So, yeah. um, in a, in a people sense... People with real integrity have more, and people with, with, you know, less integrity have less. Right. <laughs> so, in a sense, it's like, you know, this, there really is in a lot of, a lot of ways on a macro and micro level, um, politically and personally, you can see it in people's, you know, posts on, on social media that th- this veil is being lifted. And as much as the, you know, the discourse has gotten more coarse and less dignified and less civil, it's sort of showing where people are actually at 
Yeah, and yeah. you can see it, and, and that's see how piggish they are instead of it's all dolled up, making it look like it's nice. Like you know, it's right. kind of what your dad said, what Jimmy said on the documentary, really, because he said the same thing. He's like, at least these people really say what they feel and think, and they're not like pretending like they like each other, but talking shit behind each other's back. Right, right. And it's so true, you know, because now you can't, because now people are so piggish, they'll just say anything. So it's like it doesn't even matter. All the rules are broken now. Right. And that yeah. Social that... polity is gone, so people are behaving in the way they really truly are, which right. is like despicable. Many of them, you know. Yeah. It's 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 rough. And heroic in other cases. Yeah. 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 It's true and, and it's kind of putting it's you know it's it's putting us to the test really it's like okay um where do you where do you stand now you yeah, know yeah. What, what, where the, the 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 shit's going down so um what's your place in that who are yeah. you who are you as a person you know the stress the, this kind of difficult stressful situation in the world is is kind of um forcing people to come out with who they really are or where they're at in their development and it's well i know i've, I've said it fascinating oh, sorry, go ahead. no it's just really interesting to see and and it helps i don't know for me it kind of helps to see it from that more detached um philosophical viewpoint rather than god sure. everybody just sucks now on <laughs> social media and it's like it's it's sort of like if it's a it's a for me it's a more helpful way to to look at it you know Sure, sure. Well, you know, I know I've mentioned this this to you before on the, I think on the podcast, but it's probably been a year or something. But I, I do believe that if you look at like archetypal stories, even contemporary archetypal stories, and I'm going to give you a, for instance, Batman, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. So Batman is just this Bruce Wayne guy, right? And, and everyone knows the story and there's an archetype hidden in here. And it's not until a super villain shows up on the scene that all of a sudden, He's got to become Batman. Mm-hmm. There, there's no need for a hero if right. there's no supervillain, right? There's no need for one. If everything's calm and chill in Gotham, right. then ain't nothing going down. Nobody needs to step up. But again, now it's all dolled up in a story and a comic and all this shit. But if you just look at it at a base essence, that's what it is. So it's like, unless we have supervillains stepping up, how do we expect to have superheroes stepping up? How do right. we expect to, those people to have enough motivation to actually say, you know, I believe in this. I'm going to start. I'm going to have a, this. and so have a reason to do it. Even exactly. It gives it yeah, a reason, you know, right. If there's no crime in Gotham, why do we need Batman? Right. <laughs> and you can have, you know, everything's cool in Gotham and there's no super villain and there's no superhero, but that's kind of boring. You know, what's the point? But history tells us anyway. Yeah. I mean, we've just watched it go back and forth. But again, if you take out, like, in my opinion, if you take out the human-imposed judgment of a basic scientific structure where we say something is bad or good, and you simply say that something right. is negative or positive, we all know that this whole entire thing is all about balance. So you, there is no balance without a shift of power from positive to negative, back and forth, mm-hmm. to create balance. It, that That's what, you know, again, that neutrality comes from the balancing of positive and negative. So, you know, I could easily say, well, all the shit in my life has been bad. It's all bad. Well, no, that's like this idea I've been taught 
it's this, you know, it's, it's Maya basically. It's, it's, it's an illusion. It's this thing I doll it up with, but you know, I've learned that from my culture. The truth is, is there's been a lot of negative stuff going on for me. For right. sure. <laughs> but what that means is that if balance is the name of the game, there's going to have to be some positive stuff. That's going to balance out that negative stuff. And I could say good stuff to balance out the negative stuff, but right. I'm less attached to my idea of what it is and more attached to what it is. Right. You know, and, and what it is is positive and negative, and that, mm-hmm. that's indisputable. I mean, again, that's very much like, you know, you and I joke with each other about this idea of belief and philosophy and spirituality, but I am a fundamental realist, and you know I am, because that right there is pure realism. It's like, take a look around, evidence your surroundings. Whatever is supposed to be happening is happening, as evidenced by the fact that it's happening. It's mm-hmm. like as realism as you get, you know? Right. Yeah, well, the other thing about, you know, t- times of difficulty is they um they force you to bring put push things to the surface that you didn't you know know were an issue that were buried sure. you know Absolutely. and so um you know ha- having myself my own situation and having you know always having to struggle financially and um you know definitely trying to rectify that pushing myself to a point or pushing me, this issue pushing me to the point where I need to really try and do something about it to change it has brought up a lot of of my own personal issues surrounding money and how, um, you know, I'm basically living my parents' life in that way financially. Yeah, yeah. You know, they, they struggled their whole lives. Money was, there was never enough money. And it's just like, how do I get out of this cycle? It's like, I know where I learned it from now. I, I, I realized that I, this is this was my reality growing up. We never had enough money. And yeah, you have neural pathways that yeah. exist as a result. And so of it's that. like, you know, it's and that's part of the reason I started getting into uh, the chaos magic is because yes. it's all about reprogramming your subconscious yep. uh, and creating new neural pathways in a way that yep. you know, that's all it is. It's like magic is not all this hocus pocus stuff really. It's like it's more more than anything it's about um, for whatever reason, human beings respond to ritual on a deep level. You know, whether you think you do or not, it's part of the human condition to respond yep. to ritual. Absolutely. Which is why we have these, we have religions and we have these kind of uh, ritualistic beliefs and all kinds of things. And um, so it's, it's, you know, basically I think chaos magic and any kind of magic really or spiritual belief whatever you want to call it is is um is about creating ritual using that innate thing we have in us that responds to ritual to bring about changes in our lives absolutely and and it's you know it works on just the scientific psychological level too really i think it does well, and I think that's what's wrong with the overall world when you think about it being off kilter right now in a negative direction, is that what was once ritual, which takes a certain degree of reverence, because you're aware of the ritual you're engaged in, what's, what's happened as we've evolved is that we become unaware of our rituals and what they become are habits. Right. Yeah. And so we have a habitual culture with habitual people, and habit is still ritual. It's just that it's like the dark side of that whole thing because you're not aware, you know? Right. And so it's all about, again, there's nothing we can do to save the ills of the overall imbalance in the world except for on a personal level. 
by doing what you're doing, which is your personal work to be able to balance that out for you individually. Because if enough individuals do it, there is an overall effect that happens in the, the balance of power between negative and positive, right. you know, and that's all we can do as individuals is try to write that imbalance by becoming more ritualistic and less habitual, by having more reverence, by having more awareness, you mm. know, and it's fucking hard work. It's a lot harder than being ignorant and habitual. That's the, that's the easy part. You know, they, that's why, again, a cliche, ignorance is bliss, right? For a right. reason. You know, what's weird is, um, hold on one second, is that while, while you were talking, someone was trying to hack into my computer. Oh, really? It's, I just got a note that said, um, someone's trying to sign into your Apple ID. Do you want to change your password site? So I just signed out all my devices and I changed saw my your, password. I saw your expression on your face change. <laughs> that was weird. Weird that, you know, it's weird that it's, it hap- it's it, happening. Everything is weird right now. Dude, man. it's so weird. I mean, even like that hard drive crash for me was the weirdest thing. I didn't get to tell you about it, but it was like, you know, you just go to your computer and do what you do every single day, you know? Right. So it's like I sat down and I turned it on and you saw the video on on. New Mexico true horror, it goes to a certain point and then it comes up with just this gray circle with a line through it. I'm like, what the fuck, you know? And so of course you and I talk with Misha and we work out how I can get in there and do a restoration, but it's really clear right away that like the whole ability for my hard drive to boot is shot. So it's like I had to download OS software that was like mountain lion from like 2012 onto my external hard drive and then boot my computer off my external hard drive so I could see the data still existing on my internal hard drive and it's totally irretrievable. Right. And it's like, and that happened the day after I got into a squabble, interestingly, with somebody on social media over a situation with their behavior on my meme group. And so it was just weird because it's like, I'm not a conspiracy theorist, but it's like I get into this thing with somebody on social media and then the morning after that, my hard drive crashes, you know what I mean? I've got well, all this other weird... Yeah, that's a, that's what I but that's what I'm talking about. It's like there's there's a weird energy happening right now, and it's you know it's it's negative if you want to put it in those terms. Yeah, <laughs> I, I was describing it as like it's a you know things are dark right now, but I, I you know I'm feeling I'm feeling it. You know, a weird thing too is that uh, for the past two days, Lisa saw someone walk into my office, somewhere uh-huh. in a blue shirt, like twice in, in a couple of days, and um, you know it's we haven't had any of that kind of activity in this house. I don't think ever. So that's it's really, a trip. yeah, it's really, a, a, you know really what? a trip. You're going to, you're going to appreciate this. I haven't told you this. So when my parents and I went to the Puyo, and it wasn't, it wasn't, but it was for people who are maybe new to the podcast. It wasn't like a person who walked into my office. It wasn't really <laughs> it was a person. It was or something, <laughs> something else other than a person. Okay. Yeah, totally. No, it's cool. I'm glad you clarified. So I went to these cliff dwellings, these Puye cliff dwellings, which were like the people that are now the Santa Clara people in Española. And they have these old cliff dwellings that were partially rebuilt and you can go and tour around them. And the young guy that was doing the tour when we showed up on it, because they drove us up to the top of the Mesa and then we did the Mesa top tour and then climbed down these cliffs and did the cliff tour. And this young guy was like 19 and he's from the tribe. And he's telling us these crazy paranormal stories that have all been happening like super recently up there. He's like, he said, uh, people, somebody had, that was up on top had heard children running and playing in the buildings, but there's like no people up there because it's like all closed terrain. And then I guess down in the Harvey house, which is like this historic house, 
He said just the day before he'd gone in there and was like whistling a tune and came out and he could hear that same tune being whistled in the Harvey house. After oh he my came God, out. that's creepy. <laughs> and then I guess like all the, the people lately, the native people have, there's been this whole in the caves up there because they've been like seeing lights at night, like coming out of the ground and like hearing noises like people and hearing people laughing and like wow. they have all this belief in the ancestral people because all the ancestral people are buried up there. And that was actually what stopped the excavation was that in the early 20s, they were actually had archaeologists in there and they found all of these buried bodies. So they made them stop. Right. So, but I guess like a lot of these caves have, have collapsed at the front, but they were like 40 or 50 feet deep into this wall of tuft, which is like a compressed volcanic ash. Mm. And I guess all lately all the native people have been like hearing noises and seeing lights and there's this whole thing going around that they think there are these people living in the caves up there. That's so weird. And then yeah, and that's all been going on. And then there was that sunspot thing where they closed that whole town and evacuated right. that town and have some weird cover story for that whole thing and then the lights in the sky that I filmed and yeah, man, it's like all over and it's not just here, it's everywhere. I know, I know. I'm curious uh if if you if if anybody, you know, maybe Mike and I are just going through some crazy times, but um, I have a feeling it's a, it's bigger than that. I, if if you have, if you yourself have been feeling this or going through seeing it yourself or going through it yourself, I would really be interested um, to hear about it. If you want to put it in the comments of yeah. SoundCloud or in the in the um, in the Facebook secret group, um, so. You know, I, 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 like I said, I think, you know, right now it's all about, from my perspective, it's all about perseverance and, you know, we're going to make it, it's going to be good. I'm not, um, as much as I get down when I, when I have these crazy deadlines and I get overly exhausted, I, I, I still have my, you know, my total faith in everything that we're doing in the movement and in my own artwork and in my own spiritual beliefs. And, um, you know, that's times like these are when you are what having that kind of faith is all about, you know, to carry you through when, when times are test difficult. your metal. Yeah. So, yeah, well, and it galvanizes you, you know, I mean, that's the thing is you don't really know what you're capable of until you do the thing or you're exposed to a situation where you're forced to see what you're all about, see how deep you have to dig and how deep you can dig and what you have to bring to the the plate. And you don't really know until you're forced into a spot or unless you put yourself in the spot to test that out. But it's all a matter of trial and error. I mean, that's what we are as, as, you know, really basic biological creatures that's what we've always done and it's really probably what we'll always do right. you know trial and error trial and error trial and error right. yeah know? yeah over i mean how do we know all the different kinds of wild things we can eat well a lot of people died right that's how <laughs> trial and know? error trial and error exactly yeah yeah well um yeah i have to uh, uh we're at about 55 minutes Maybe yeah, we little, should probably just call it, man. I am so tired. I'm still like I went to bed. Let's see, I did a 24 hour day yesterday, and then I went to bed around noon, and I couldn't sleep for a cup, you know, an hour or so, hour and a half, and then I slept until five. So I probably got about four hours sleep in. So I have to try and build up the energy to go and paint a little bit, go clean up the mess. My studio is just in complete chaos from sculpting these frames oh my god 
And so um, I have to do that tonight. And hopefully I'm not completely on a night schedule now that my <laughs> schedule's so fucked yeah, up. Right. So I'm going to try and maybe work a few hours and go to bed at a reasonable hour instead of when the light's coming up in the morning and then yeah. get back on track and finish this damn show. And um, that show's opening <clears throat> October 30th at Copro Gallery. If, you wanna, if you're local 13th, and you want to come out. 13th. 13th. Isn't that what I said? You said 30th. Oh, 13th. October 13th. 13th. October 13th. October 13th. Saturday <laughs> the 13th at Copro Gallery. Yeah, I posted it. The other day I posted on Instagram and I wrote October 18th. <laughs> Some, uh, someone who's coming out, flying out for the show, messaged me. You made a mistake. Please tell me you made a mistake about that. So, um, yeah, so that's coming up in like t- less than two weeks. Less I guess. than two weeks. Yeah, it'll be it, from the time this, this plays, it'll be a week and a half. Right. And then, um, so yeah, next episode, maybe we could talk about the show, right? Is that what we're yeah, going to do? And then, yeah, the next episode's the show. And then we have the Jim McKenzie. Yeah. And then we got Jim McKenzie episode. So we got some good stuff coming and, um, you know, tune back in next week to find out where, where the craziness has led and where we're at. And, uh, well, I'm going to dial in tomorrow getting a bunch of these flyers. It's funny that, that I had these flyers made two years ago, and it's a damn good thing because I don't have Photoshop anymore to sell my house. But I have these really nice flyers I made two years ago. So I'm gonna, I, got, I went and got a, a printer cartridge so I can print out a bunch of flyers, and I'm going to go and put those all over up in the town at all the main places and keep hustling my angle until I can get a hold of a, a realtor. But right. if I can keep that out of the mix, that would be far superior insofar as I'm concerned. But yeah. look out for the, Go, the GoFundMe that Shane's going to be launching for me if you guys want to throw some support. And also, thank you for your support. I've got these uh, backers that have become Dark Art Society members and are now patrons. And I'm going to read them off here. We have Willie Works. These are probably, we've probably already said these before. And Chad, do you want to do, uh, it was it Linnea Strid? Mm-hmm. Did I do it right that time? You did. Craig R. Leach, Lorenzo Payan. Uh, what else? Roger Sonnenfeld, Axel Cohagen, and it looks like that's it. So thank you all for joining us, and uh, we'll put your names in the description yeah. for this week as well. And we really appreciate the support. And um, I, I, you know, I, Mike, I know feels the same way about his personal patreons and and my personal Patreon. I, I uh, can't thank you enough. It's it's a strange thing to be sharing so much artwork with so few people i'm used to posting on social media and having you know a couple thousand people liking images but it's it's like i'm you know i'll post a uh, a time lapse video and let's get like five views and it's like yeah yeah it's a trip but but um it makes me treasure the people that are supporting in that way even more so it's really um I don't totally. know, to, to me, it's kind of showing me who really, really values my artwork enough to pay a dollar or three dollars or five dollars, yep. ten dollars or whatever they can afford a month. I mean, that's it's it's a it's a really big thing for me, and I am really grateful for that support. And I know Mike feels the same way too. So you guys oh, are yeah. amazing, and uh, we appreciate you. And um, you know, we're gonna keep bringing it. So thank you for listening, and thank you, Mike, for. Doing this podcast. 
my pleasure thank you um, we'll catch you guys all next week yeah on wednesday or on tuesday if we can get it done for the pre-release right. <laughs> we've been having a hard time with that i already apologized to everybody so <laughs> we will get that we will get back on track for the pre-release yeah for sure all right thanks everybody thank you bye